Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to Mom and Dot Dot Dot. Today, we are talking about the Enneagram. We're doing a little bit of prep work for our next Enneagram episode. We thought it might be helpful if we understood it. Like, is it Enneagram or Enneagram or how does it all work? So we're starting there and I'm going to figure out what our numbers are. What do you think, Suzanne? Well, I've got it narrowed down to three numbers. This will be fun. So, so I might need Jill to help me know if there's a particular number that thinks that there are three numbers. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Jill, my friend Jill Johnson is here today. Jill is a nonprofit consultant who started her career in legislative advocacy, working on pediatric health care issues at the Texas Capitol. She has served as a director and consultant for several local nonprofits and particularly enjoys working with faith-based health and education organizations. She's also a freelance writer with published articles in Cokesbury, Abington Press, and Christian Century. She graduated from UT and has a bachelor's in communications. She and her husband of 30 years also have two grown children. In Enneagram speak, Jill is a self-preservationist one with a two wing who married a four and together they have a seven and a four for children. She says her family circles around each other in terms of motivations, behaviors, and emotions. So Jill, tell us more about your experience with the Enneagram and how you learn so much about it and what you find it useful for. Sure. I think it started, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, we had a friend come over and he brought a book over about the Enneagram and he wanted us to all sit as a group and discuss it because he knows our family enjoys talking about that kind of stuff and his family, not as much. (laughs) And my response was what the response most people have, which is I really don't need another personality typology. I don't really need another label. I don't want to be put in a box, but we sort of, you know, went along with it. And I opened the first chapter and it said Enneagram one perfectionist. And I stopped there. So I really didn't need to read the rest of the book because I knew that's what I was. And so I sort of put it aside and it kept coming back, kept coming back through different conversations and reading about it and decided to pick it back up again. And about that same time, our kids who are twenties, early twenties, now they're mid twenties, uh, were also getting into it. And so it became a great discussion for us as a family and we all figured out what we were. And I think that's kind of where it started. And then from there, friends were getting into it about the same time, coworkers were getting into it. And so it just kind of blossomed. And so there was lots of reasons to dig deeper. I've been to a conference or two just because I found that it was, of all of those tools that I've used, this was definitely the one that has helped me the most understand the people in my life and how to interact with them. And now, Jill, correct me if I'm wrong, because I went and just started taking a bunch of the, you know, the internet tests that are probably just Mm -hmm. one step above the, what kind of cheeseburger are you? Exactly. (laughs) Facebook. And so I started with that. And a friend of mine who is into the Enneagram said, no, 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 you're supposed to read through all the types Mm -hmm. and figure out which one feels like you. So is there kind of a, what's the best way for someone who's just getting started to figure out who they are? What they There's are. definitely some online tests you can take, like the Enneagram Institute has one that you can take, but your friend is right. 
you, that's really just a starting point. Like that might get you in the ballpark of what your top three numbers might be. And it's a self-reflection tool. So if you don't want to do a little navel gazing, it's not going to be useful to you. So it, it does involve some time and reflection and willingness to look at yourself kind of in a different way and figure out what your motivations are and what your lens in life is. So start, you can start with a test, but you do want to uh, get a book and spend some time with it. Yeah, so Suzanne's been reading a book, listening to podcasts. She's doing what I did maybe, I don't know if it was six months, maybe a year ago now mm-hmm. where I was finally like, all right, I'm going to read all of these types and mm-hmm. figure it out. So based on your reading, what do you think you are? I thought I was a nine, but now I think I am a six. <laughs> all right. That's so funny because I thought I was a six and now I think <laughs> I'm a nine. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. So I don't know, kind of like, are those two, it sounds like if both Missy and I have kind of swapped the two, are those two that are typically kind of misdiagnosed or oh, yes. to people? Yeah, that's my understanding for sure. Because the three, six and nine. So if you look at the Enneagram, which Enneagram just means nine in a graphic, the three, six, nine triangle, they're all together. If you're a nine, you're going to go to six in stress and three in growth. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a three, you're going to go to six in growth and, and nine in stress. So now what so, does in growth mean? Does that mean like when you're, when things are going well? Yeah. So those are the terms I use. I think mm-hmm. other teachers use different terms, but I just use the terms in growth or in stress. So as a one, if I am wanting to stretch myself and go to a better place, then I will move into the seven stance. If I am feeling insecure, I'm probably going to move back into the four stance. Um, and then there's the wings, right? So you yeah. either side of you yeah. also have movements. Yeah. yeah, but you want to start with just finding out what your number is. Got it. And from there, you can figure out your wing. But one of the things they tell you, and y'all tell me if you've heard this already, is to figure out your stance toward conflict or toward working with other people. So a one, a two, and a six are, some people call it complementary. So if you're working with other people or if there's conflict, you're going to want to come alongside people and help figure it out or address it, or let's get everybody in the room, let's get everybody's opinion, and then let's make a decision. If you're a four, five, or nine, you're more likely to be in a withdrawing stance and to just kind of go back into your own world because your own world is safe and you like it there and you don't really want to, you know, mess with things too much. If you're a seven, eight, or a three, you're more more likely an aggressive stance. So you're going to move forward you're already into the future, whether or not someone is moving with you, you're, you know, you're going to go and you're going to address that problem and figure it out. So starting with your stance is a way you can eliminate six other numbers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That does make sense. So now is there kind of like an 80-20 rule, like in, in the majority of cases, that is how you react? Because I have like some particular trigger areas where <laughs> like I, sure. may, I may react really aggressively. So when it comes to certain children's rights issues or LGBTQ mm-hmm. equality issues, like I will become a mama bear for kids that are right. mine, aggressive. Whereas mm-hmm. in most cases in my life, I'll just kind of like stand back and let other people take the lead. So is there a rule of thumb for those types of things? Well, it may have to do with your wing, but for sure. 
So tell me why you think you're a, a six right now. Why do I think I'm a six? <laughs> because that's the last chapter that I read. <laughs> no, I not get that. The book went out of order. I thought it would go one through nine, but the book actually no. started with eight. Mm -hmm. And then it wrapped itself back around. The reason I really thought I was the nine to start with is that it kept on saying that you see other people's perspectives and stuff. And I was like, well, maybe that's why I keep on thinking I'm every number <laughs> that I listen to. So that's kind of why I thought I was that for a while. But yes. Okay. What, what are the main things for the six? And I'll tell you which ones I go with. They tend to be driven by anxiety. That's, that was key number one. My, my Zoloft prescription uh -huh. <laughs> was one of my key tip-offs there. Sixes tend to have a plan for any disaster. So if you're, you think your house might be on fire, you're already several steps ahead of you're going to go grab the photographs, you're going to grab the kids, you're going to, you tend to catastrophize a little bit and you've already got a plan for what's going to happen. And you probably do really well in emergency situations because you're already thinking, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. But you live in a lot of anxiety just because you're all, always thinking about those things yeah. uh, if you're a six. Um, sixes are also very loyal. So they make good friends, but they tend to only like to be around a small group of friends. You know, they don't need a lot of people in their life. They just need a few good friends that they yeah. can trust and count on. I'm nodding my head to all of these. So yes, that, <laughs> yeah. I agree with all of those things. And so I think that's uh -huh. where I started leaning towards, uh -huh. especially with the anxiety part. I, there are some areas that I didn't, um, I kind of felt like I was a little more of a five as far as like my level of researching things, uh -huh. but that probably goes a little bit hand in hand researching for doomsday. <laughs> I want to have the best plan for when the house catches on fire. <laughs> right. Exactly. I want to have a really good ladder to go out uh -huh. the window. Yeah. And you might, if you are a six, you might have a five wing. Yeah. So that would make sense. Yeah. Team six to you, Missy. I've had to I ask mean, friends because I feel like I don't, that, oh, that was the other reason I was kind of thinking I was a nine because they said that they, they see so many of the different perspectives that they lose sight of actually who they are. They've yeah. kind of have mirrored and taken on these characteristics of all these different personalities or persona that they're like, oh yeah, that seems like a good one. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to incorporate that into my life. Yeah. I think when you were talking about researching, like you're a huge researcher. And yeah. I mean, when it was time to buy microphones, I didn't research a thing. Suzanne said, this one has really good reviews. And I didn't question it for a second. I was like, purchased, done. Like, <laughs> I don't have to think about it. Um, with all kinds of technology things, she's like, yes, I re researched it and I do not care for that. So I can see that I can almost see you as a five because even though you operate with some anxiety, I don't see that as an overriding feature of yours. So I don't know if you're a five and you have a, can you be a five and have a six wing? Yeah. Yeah. So the wings would be either side of the numbers. Either so if side, you're mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And I do think, I keep on trying to talk myself into being a nine, but as far as I'm very much an emotion barrier, to, isn't, isn't that a nine thing to not want to feel the feelings? A um, little bit. Yeah. Can you tell I binge this book? I'm mixing up all my numbers. So you can yeah. See if I get any of them wrong. But so I feel like whatever number does that, I do a lot of that. And I think that has kept me from really thinking a lot of these things. And that has almost produced a little bit of anxiety thinking about it really hard over the past couple of days because I'm really mm -hmm. 
thinking about like, is this really how I feel and how I think, or am I doing this behavior because this is what I feel like I should be doing? And Mm -hmm. so trying to really get to the heart of, is it me or is it what I think I should be doing? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't type you and I'm not like an official Enneagram teacher. I've just learned so much about, you know, from reading and going to conferences and being around friends who we talk about it all the time that once I know what your number is, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, you know, that's why you're, (laughs) you, that's why you just went to three because, you know, you are getting stuff done and you're an image bearer now and you want people to think, you know, that you're presenting your best self to the world. So I can't really, you know, you really do have to go back to the book and look at it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you can look at in addition to stance, um, which stance is also correlated to your orientation toward time. Mm -hmm. So those same numbers like uh, one, two, and and six, which are the, you know, complimentary come alongside people. We're also very much in the present. So we're always thinking about, well, yeah, we can, plan for that vacation. But first I need to go clean the dishes because that's, <laughs> I see that and that needs to get done first. The four fives and, and nines withdraw. They live in the past a lot. They like to, you know, romanticize the past. And then the threes, sevens and eights are always future. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to think about. That was um, one of the things you told me that was so helpful yeah. when I was in the six or nine, six or nine, was thinking about my relationship to time. And I'd heard mm-hmm. that before. And I thought it was a hard concept to understand. I was like, my relationship to time as in, do I manage it well? Am I on time? And I couldn't figure that out. And when you explained it to me as far as where I live in my head, mm-hmm. it became so much clearer because I do tend to live in the past. Um, I think a lot about what I did and should have done differently. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't always move forward with that. Yeah. And, and, and that's say sixes do. Sixes tend to live in the present are always thinking about kind of what needs to happen right now before we take the next step for anything. You would use the dishes example. Is that also someone who does a lot of procrastination? Mm, nines are your best procrastinators. <laughs> are they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, this is why I keep on thinking I'm a nine nines yeah i think so yeah and three but don't like how long have you been doing this suzanne like how when did you first start reading the book a few weeks ago and so we thought it would be really interesting to see you know how we interact with each other and so i had Mm -hmm. started listening to this podcast of uh, stephanie baron hall and so she's going to be on here talking about the enneagram and love because i love Mm -hmm. so much (laughs) um to talk about how different numbers work together and how they interact together. And I was like, oh, this will be great for our working relationship. I can drag my husband into this. And so I've just been really doing my deep dive into it in the past couple of weeks. And I keep on just kind of going in circle with a couple of these. But I think it it really helped to hear from you and to hear from my other friend that, no, you need to really learn about all the types and do the work for yourself right and figure out who you are instead of just you know clicking a few buttons on a website and trying to do a quiz that way and the enneagram institute has a lot of really good information and they will have like the the numbers that that tend to confuse each other so they'll say are you a, a six or a nine and you can go read uh well here's really the difference between a six and a nine 
the other number that gets confused a lot is people can't figure out if they're a three or an eight because they tend to behave similarly. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another thing that you ha- I think it's important to understand about the Enneagram is that it's, it's not about your behavior. It's about your motivation or about just your lens in life. So you can have the same behavior, but a different motivation. So sixes and ones often have similar behaviors, but we have different reasons for why we do that behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any tips for us to kind of, to zero in on that motivation piece? Because I, I think I'm getting there. I think I have gotten there and understand that a little bit better about myself, but I still, I guess it's just a vulnerable thing to admit mm-hmm. why you approach the world the way you approach it. So any mm-hmm. either resources or just tips from your experience on being able to say, this is my core motivation. Um, well, and nines have a really hard time naming what they need. They usually will only say their opinion or what they need if they're directly asked, you know, yeah. they're not going to come out and say it, but there's, it's, there's almost too many resources out there right now. <laughs> Yeah. The Enneagram. There is a um, Instagram person that I follow and she's called, I think her name is Beth McCord, Enneagram coach. And she approaches everything from a, like a Christian perspective. But the reason I follow her is because her Instagram has really great graphics. And so you can just kind of look at that graphic and she puts it into a form that it's kind of distills it down so that it just makes it a lot easier to understand. Mm-hmm. So you might want to just start following her on Instagram and just scroll through her post yeah. and some of those will start to make sense to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I've noticed a lot of the Enneagram people on the Insta- on yeah, on Instagram will group their stories together or group their posts together. So you can go look like and see everything they posted on nines and everything they posted on sixes. And you can go through and go, Oh, that's me or that's not. And yeah, it's helpful if they have lots and lots of content, which most of them do. I will say that once you figure it out and that little light bulb comes on, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll know it. Yeah. It's not like you're going to be a year into thinking you're a one and be like, Oh <laughs> no, dang it. I'm actually a seven. <laughs> you know, I mean, you'll, you'll know it. it. It just may be that one piece of information or it may be something about yourself that you're not willing to admit that clues it in for you. Too. But you mm-hmm. said you knew right away, right? As soon as you I did, that, I, I knew perfectionist. Yep. <laughs> control freak. That's me. Yes. <laughs> now, do people uh, ever change over the course of their life? Not really. I mean, yeah. most people say that, I think it's uh, Suzanne Stabile and Ian Crone. I think they're the ones that wrote, read back to you. Mm-hmm. They'll say that you were most likely born into a number and that you will most likely die in that number. So it's just that lens that you were born with. And it may take you a while to fully form into that. So one of the things that some teachers will say is you really don't want to type a teenager because they're cycling through all the different, you know, if we tried to type teenagers, we would all think they're fours because they're moody and withdrawn, right? (laughs) So you probably want to let them move a little bit further into adulthood before they try to figure themselves out. But that doesn't apply to the younger kids. Well, I don't, I wouldn't try to type a younger kid. I mean, you might get an, you might get an inkling of what they are. Like if you've got a kid that's always just fun loving, thinking about the next adventure, they're probably a seven, but you know, it's, I don't sure it's real helpful to type kids or adults until you get a little older. (laughs) Yes. Now that (laughs) is legit territory. (laughs) I did bring it up to my husband last night. 
I let him have one glass of wine first. And then I was like, I think I might know what you are. I don't know what I am, but I think I know what you might be. Isn't that funny? You know, it could be hard though, because I have a friend who I've known since middle school and I thought for sure she was a nine because she likes to sit around and watch Netflix. <laughs> um, Is that you, Missy? I, uh, Miss, Missy, do you like to watch Netflix? I do. I really identify with the slothy part of nine. Right, the sloth, yeah. <laughs> I fought that so hard. Who wants uh -huh. to identify with the sloth? But that is an extreme reaction of mine, especially when I'm stressed. And I shut down. I don't know what to do next. And I also really relate to feeling tired, which I despise admitting that as well. I guess mm -hmm. I have plenty of energy. I can do everything I need to do. Sometimes I have more than enough energy. It's not like I'm not getting stuff done, but I hit this wall and I hit it hard where mm -hmm. I just need to recharge. And I feel, I feel it in my bones that I'm tired mm -hmm. and I need time to like, I don't have even watch sometimes, but I'll turn on something and just let it play while I just zone out. I what type that. likes to take naps? <laughs> the, mom type, the mom type. The mom type. <laughs> but what I was going to say is my friend who I've known my whole life, I thought she was a nine and I showed her the book and started having to research some things. And she's like, no, I think I'm a two. And I'm like, oh yes, of course you're a two, you know, the need to be needed. And, and the, you know, the, the person who likes to care for others and needing that affection back. And once I figured that out, like it just came into focus. I've known her my whole life. So you might think you know what your husband is, but you might be wrong. Yeah. No, I've, I've, so. I think I've gotten committed to listening to the book. I got the, mm -hmm. the road back to you. I was able to get the audio book. So mm -hmm. I've got it for a couple more weeks since I went through it so quickly. I should probably give it another listen now that I kind of know the lay of the land to to give it another because like like I said as they were going through all the numbers there were some that I knew for sure I wasn't I was like I am not an eight I know that for sure mm -hmm. um, but everything else I felt like I had a little bit of so I think now that I've done some hard thinking I'll probably give it another listen and well if you are and so you're leaning towards six right but if you are a nine <laughs> you could have an, an eight wing which you were talking about kind of going mama bear on certain issues and that might explain it. Um, so the nines with the eight wings are advocates and usually stand up for people. So that's okay. what we think about. That's the one thing I'm not lazy mm -hmm. about is when it comes to advocating for kids. So mm -hmm. <laughs> Except yeah. for my own kids. Sometimes I forget to feed them, but <laughs> <laughs> other people's kids, I'm really nice. You've to. equipped them to know how to feed themselves. It's okay. <laughs> Actually, one of the things we were going to talk about, though, is like if you do have a spouse that you'd like to kind of have these discussions with, but mm -hmm. like my husband's super not into self-helpy things or any of that. But I, I think I could appeal to the business side of it because he deals with a lot of different clients, a lot of different right. clients team. So I think in that case, it could really help. I mean, yeah, it was funny when I ordered the book, I forgot to tell him and I, I ordered it when I was on his Amazon account. <laughs> so when, when your husband sees this book come through his Amazon account, he's like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> and then the road back to you, like, what is she leaving me? Is she in love with someone else? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Make but I think that. he is the analytical researcher. So I think if I play on the business part or the, ooh, this is kind of fun research. This is data. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. <laughs> Maybe we could do that. Have you encountered different ways of bringing it up with someone who's in your life, whether it be a coworker or a spouse or an adult child or anything that you do want to have those discussions with, but may not quite be into it? Yeah. And there are certain numbers that just really don't want to have that discussion, fives and eights in particular. I actually asked this question to a friend of mine last night who uh, had a hard time getting her husband into it. And she tricked him into a road trip, <laughs> put it on audio, audio book. She was, she trapped him and, you know, made him listen to it while they were taking a road trip. I thought, well, that's clever. Yes. They were also newlyweds. So he, you know, she had a little bit of pull in terms of um, honey, do this because you love me. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think just kind of if, if they're not super interested in sitting down and reading it, you just drop little nuggets of information here and there. Now it would help if you had a hint of what you think they are, because like you were saying, you approach them from a data perspective or a business perspective or how this might help you with your clients. You know, that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Or your boss in particular is best person you want to know their Enneagram number is your boss. Yeah. My husband didn't, he's done a lot of, you know, introspective stuff over his years. He's a four. So I didn't really get him to sit down and read the book because he kind of felt like he knew this stuff already. But once he did figure out he was a four, he picked up on it and started paying attention to his behaviors. We all speak around about numbers around here. It's like, oh my God, you just went to your one space or you're in your seven <laughs> space or, oh my God, did you just retreat to four? And you have to be careful with that because you don't want to use the Enneagram. You don't want to weaponize it. You don't want to use it as a tool to type people in a way that is going to make them feel less than. Mm -hmm. You always want to use it as a tool of compassion. Um, so it's supposed to be used as a tool of compassion at its best, no, but I don't have any hints for you because I don't know your husband. So good luck. Get him drunk. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. We're, stri we're starting dry January over again on the 21st. So <laughs> I started over every single day, every day. It's rough January to do dry January. I'm just thinking dry February. Dry right. February is the new dry January for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The okay. audiobook's a great idea because Mark's not a reader, really. I've given yeah. him the book and he's read some of it. But what he did is he said, what do you think you are? And he went and read about nines. And so he sat on the other side of the bed going, hmm, hmm, hmm. Like, you know, he was reading about me. And I'm like, go read the others and see what you think you are. But he didn't the think that I was a nine because I can tell him exactly what I want. I can't tell him what I want to eat at all. I know what I don't want to eat, but I don't know what I do want to eat. Um, but I, I can speak up and speak my mind to him in a way that I can't always to other people. But right. what I realize is I just am very safe with him. Mm -hmm. And same with my family. I, right. I'm not afraid to speak my mind to them. I'm safe, but it's in situations where I don't really know where I stand that I might not make my opinion known. You might also want to go to the, um, the Road Back to You and Crone, their, their podcast, because they will often bring on like celebrities. So if you find someone that they know or respect or that kind of thing, you might like just put that podcast on while you're cooking dinner or something that might smart. engage them. Ooh, um, yeah. They've got some musicians, some actors, those kind of people that just kind of subtly put it on and, you know, 
say, Hey, do you want to listen to this podcast by, you know, this country artist that you like and see what they mm-hmm. say and it might be a way to engage them. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the things I was thinking about is because my husband's a writer and I know the hashtag am writing podcast had an Enneagram coach come on and talk about knowing your characters Enneagram, and that can help you make decisions for plot points of, okay, how Mm -hmm. would this person react in this situation so that you make sure that it's consistent with that personality type and it can help make some decisions about how they would, you know, encounter Mm -hmm. stress or what they would do in a particular situation. Well, it kind of, it ruins you too, because now you can't even watch Friends, go back and watch Friends without saying, oh my God, Monica is such a one. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Rachel's such a three. You know, I mean, you just immediately start realizing that, you know, what they're, you you just start seeing it that way. You start seeing Mm -hmm. life that way. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense to have your characters to know what they are so that they're, they're consistent. I, I will just reiterate that it really is helpful to know what your spouse is and your children as they get older. Yeah. Um, but really because, not until like their frontal lobes are formed. Like we yeah. Said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fun thing to do in college, sit around with your friends and figure out what your Enneagram number is. So let them figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can change your life. It can change your marriage if you're willing to spend some time with it. All awesome. right. Ooh. Hey, Missy, we're almost to our favorite part. I know. <laughs> It's look, listen, learn time. Do you have time to look, listen, learn? I'm always about looking and listening and learning. All right. Enneagram ones love to learn. All right. Who's, who wants to start with the... I have three this week, I think. But I think Jill should go, should go first. She's our guest. I cannot... So think. is each one... Tell me, is look, listen, and learn. They're all different things. They can't... Yes. So watch... Can be, or you could have listen. one thing that you watched and listened to and learned from. Okay. What, we're real loose with this. Look... Thing I've watched uh well because you had it on your list I started watching the pretend it's a city that was interesting oh, yeah with Fran Leibowitz because so yep. you think it's going to be one thing and then it ends up being more of a cultural statement about yeah. uh who we are so it's interesting and of course I binged Schitt's Creek like all the other people in the world <laughs> WandaVision is a new thing that's on that we Disney just Plus. started watching that it looks like that's going to be fun. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? You haven't? <laughs> I watched the first started. two episodes. There's only yeah. two episodes out. Yeah. yeah. It's way yeah. fun. Episode one, my kids were like, what is this? And of course I was like, well, that's Robin Mary's house. Like, it was Robin Mary's house. Yeah. And like identically. And in the next episode, I was like, so that's Bewitched. And they said, so how much TV did you watch as a child? <laughs> there wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually watched an episode of Bewitched after that. And the kids they thought it was really entertaining. They're like, that, this is a lot like WandaVision. I was like, no, no, WandaVision's a lot like Other this. Other way around. <laughs> this happened before I was born. So <laughs> see, look, listen, I do a lot of audiobooks. I download them through the library because I'm cheap. So I've been listening to Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. Ooh. Really interesting. Really, it's hard. It's a hard listen because he he delves deep into kind of criminal life and just humans behaving badly. But uh, it's a fascinating study of we think we understand how to engage with people we don't know, and we really don't. So I've been listening to that. Very fascinating. And what is that? Look, listen, and learn. Oh, I've been making myself read. Circe, Circe, Circe. It's a uh Greek 
mythology because I'm horrible at Greek mythology and Roman mythology, but I'm going to force myself to do it. It's interesting though. It's a good novel. It's about, it's pretty much every Greek mythological character. She turns and weaves it into a story. I think it ends up being about female empowerment. <laughs> oh, like that. That one's been on my list. So now I'm encouraged to bump it up higher on the list. So what about you, Suzanne? Let's see. For look, I have been, we've actually been rewatching Ted Lasso. Oh, so good. We already watched so the whole thing, but then this week was so stressful. And so. Well, there you go. Okay. You ask him what you think his Enneagram number is, Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I... I think he's a seven with an eight or a seven. Okay, seven. Sorry. I get I think he's a seven. Okay. Because sevens are afraid of their emotion. And Ted Lasso has to finally confront it and yeah. confront his fears and his emotions. So that might be a starting point for a conversation with your husband. Yes. Yeah, so that's been really mm-hmm. fun. Just with all the things going on in the world, it's just like the most upbeat, mm-hmm. lighthearted, hilarious show. Um, it's like a then- hug. What's that? TV hug. It's like a hug. It is. It's like a TV (laughs) hug. Yeah. It's so nice. And then, of course, I've been listening to the Road Back to You, Mm -hmm. learning about my type, and I'll probably have to re-listen to it again just to narrow things down a little bit. So that ties right into the learning because I'm learning... I'm learning that I have not spent much time learning about myself over the the past decades of probably motherhood, uh, chipped into that a little bit. So uh, taking some time to do that. So doing a deep dive into, into right here, just like, just like Ted Lasso, I'm going <laughs> to dive into this. Lasso it up. <laughs> is that scary or does that feel, you feel excitement and hope around that process? I am excited about the scariness of it. So it is scary, but not scary. Like I don't want to do it, but it's more of just like a, okay, like I'm, I'm sure I'll bump into some scary stuff along the way, but then I'll, I'll text you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Excited about the scary. That's good. That's real good. Okay, Missy, what have you been la la line? I started keeping a list so that when we do this every week, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> I will forget everything I've done in a week prior. So I wrote things down this week. And we have been watching Pretended to City on Netflix and, and before Jill just mentioned that I'd never even heard of it. So it's, it's a weird little like, it's weird. Type. Yeah. It's Martin Scorsese. And he, one of his dearest friends is Fran Lebowitz, who's like a famous writer who, even though she doesn't write that much, like she's huh. not prolific in any Well, way. she's like the Dorothy Parker of our day. She's just a social, so you exactly. want to sit around in a salon and talk about things with her. She's got an interesting, you know, her very interesting, pretty narrow view on life, but yet as narrow as her view is, you find an application to your world that has nothing to do with Fran's world. Um, but it's funny. And at times it's really thought provoking, but it's was filmed right before the pandemic in New York city. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's so fascinating to watch a lot of it. They're just sitting and talking, but you realize like they're in a room full of people at times where she's doing speaking engagements or she's walking around the city and no one's wearing a mask. And so it's mm-hmm. sort of a love letter to New York yeah. and it's sort of this hope and that it's, it is a city and we're going to go back to that city. And um, so if you love New York at all, like it's, I would absolutely recommend watching it. That was the last trip I took was probably about the same time. I keep going, I wonder if Fran was on the street wandering around for this show <laughs> while I was there roughly the same time. Like I came home from New York and pretty quickly everything locked down. I figure I was there with 
much COVID for sure by the time I was there in February, late February. Yeah, I I was there in February for a Glisten National training thing. And yeah, yeah, and I remember some lady on the plane was wiping down her armrests and stuff. And I was like, oh, don't be so silly. Like, I didn't say that. But as soon as I got home, I was like, oh, I should have borrowed a wipe from that lady. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, this is real. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, definitely recommend watching that. And then I've been listening to Pantsuit Politics. Either one of you listen to that? No, I haven't heard that. Oh, it's two women who are different sides of the political spectrum. Oh, wait, no, you did tell me about this. Yes, yes. Yeah, they have um, their whole thing is we're going to have polite discourse about what's going on in the world. And, you know, for someone, I'm speaking completely about myself, but I've spent a lot of the last four years angry and confused and just deeply sad. And I, because I don't really express my opinions well, I don't talk about it a ton, except for in my safe places. Like Suzanne and I have a group of women that we, that's a safe place. I have Jill's one of my safe friends that I can Mm -hmm. say, this is how I feel. But it's, I listen to it almost as an education of how can I have these conversations when I feel ready to have these conversations. And so this week, of course, they've been breaking down everything that's happened since January 6th. Over the last couple Mm. of weeks, they've been doing that. And it's It's a podcast. It's a podcast. I want to say okay. they have four seasons now, maybe three. It's just, it's two, two women, Southern women. Um, and one is a lifelong Democrat and one is a Republican. And it's really fascinating to hear, you know, the Republicans not, um, not okay with what's going on right now. It's interesting to hear her walk through like her hopes for the party and what she is disappointed in and why she has been a Republican her whole life and what that means to her and realize that there is hope for positive discussion and there is hope. They talk a lot about bringing nuance back into politics. Like There's no nuance. It's either this or it's this. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, let's try to educate people so we can have that nuance. And I think it's pretty fascinating. So I recommend them for sure. And they do a good job of like a really good job of their show notes. We should maybe look at that. Oh, um, but they will reference older older podcasts of theirs that explain things that are going on. Oh, so if you need to understand impeachment, since we've done impeachment recently, they have a really thorough impeachment post or, or podcast rather, and um, so they're good. We'll have to get an intern for that. Yeah, it's I was going to say so it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. We got to go back three episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at theirs and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, we need to <laughs> up it. So yeah, I've spent enough time on myself, but I'm, if you have any habits information, that's my learn. I'm trying to learn how to build better habits. Ooh, we need to read that book, Atomic Habits, together. Yes. I think maybe that needs to be an episode. Yes. It's called What's the Atomic name of the book? Habits. My son was talking to me about that. He said it's really, really good. He loves that kind of stuff. He, yeah, it's basically these, you know, tiny little changes that you can make mm-hmm. that have a big cumulative effect in your life. Mm-hmm. And I find it particularly interesting because I think as mothers, we start to make bad habits with our time when our kids are young and then they start to snowball and snowball. And then we have these teenagers and we don't know, like, what what did I just do with my day? You know, yeah. kind of thing once you have extra time. So Yes, I think that will be a priority. Once we figure out our Enneagram numbers, <laughs> then we can yeah. Yeah. then we can move forward with a new challenge. 
That's your number one priority, 2021. It is. We're going to have Stephanie on in a couple of weeks, and I got to have my act together so she can tell <laughs> Missy and I how to how to play nice together. I got to know my right number. Yeah. So I think did we cover all our questions? I think we might have. We probably and have we got all our la la las. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Sure. I can't wait to um, have another conversation. Yes. we got to yeah. see where I net out on this. But Jill, thank you so much for your time. Help us try to get things narrowed down a little bit. Well, yeah, uh, me get helpful. stuff narrowed down. Missy sounds like she's under control. Well, I think it took Missy a while, though. Yeah, yeah, I really did. It took a while. Yeah, I read about sixes and I was like, oh, I'm anxious. I'm at six. Like, I, I identify with a lot of it. But yeah, mm -hmm. it took a while to start thinking that the motivations are huge. Okay. Right. You're making me right. feel better for being so wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us today on mom and dot, dot, dot. And thank you to our guest, Jill M. Johnson. If you happen to be looking for a nonprofit consultant, let me know and I can get you Jill's contact information. Please join us over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links to all of the places you can connect with Suzanne or with me or with the show on our website, momandpodcast.com with the and spelled out. Please like us, rate us, subscribe us wherever it is you get your podcasts. Until next week, we hope that you will go out there and make those ellipses count. 